0: Welcome to episode 11 of That Roundnet Podcast, a podcast for the players. This week, myself, Scott Beeks, as well as Gavin Brokema, who you may know from Revised Roundnet, as well as the wonderful Mike White from Lefty on Two, are very happy to welcome Frederick Hinkle as our guest for this week's podcast. Frederick makes up one half of the pro roundnet team double clutch, where he and his partner, Rahul Murphy, are current US champions, having won nationals towards the end of 2021. They also managed to win the most recent Spiteball Challenger event in their home state of Texas, defeating Assisted Touch in the final in Dallas. In this episode, we talk about Fredericks and Double Clutch's start to the season, the thoughts and the mindset of a pro round athlete, while also ending with a fun Q&A session with questions that you guys have sent in. Without further delay, let's get into the episode.
1: So so I think a fitting place to start, start is with the Dallas win this weekend. So, Fred, first and foremost, want to get your thoughts on, I, I'm looking at the Fuango currently, and it looks like there are a couple of close games. And then, um, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on the games that you had to kind of push through and be double clutch. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's definitely not quite like last year. I, I have
2: a longstanding joke with Rahul that we play no close games. I hate close games. I yeah. never want to play close games. Fortunately, we didn't really play close games with people that we don't like to do that with. Uh, Most of all, we hate playing close games against a team like Naughty or a team like Assistive Touch or teams including old school players who have lots of experience in stressful situations. I never want to play a close game with them. I'm much more happy to play a close game with Bazinga. uh, Two guys from Florida, relatively new to the scene, don't have many stressful experiences on the tour. I'll play a close game with them. I'm winning that all day. So for the most part, I don't really like to play a close game, but if I'm going to play a close game, I want it to be against somebody with not much experience that I can kind of attack them.
1: So do you think that coming off of Richmond and getting out, what was it? round of round of eight, T5. round of, round round of, of eight, 32. Yeah. So, Thanks quarter, for no, reminding no him, Gavin, no bring no him down no to earth a little bit. Hey, yeah. Yeah. We always, always <laughs> got to get humbled on the podcast, but, but uh, do you think that, do you think that coming off of that Richmond loss early in semifinals um, or quarterfinals uh, kind of pushed you and Raul to work a little bit harder coming into this, this tour stop. And uh, if so, how did you really, how did you go about that? And how did it affect the way that you played throughout this tournament? I can't speak for Raul,
2: but I know that I played every day after Richmond. Um, There were what, 14 days in between there. And I played on 12 of them. I did not play the Friday before the event, the day before rest day. And I did not play on Easter. Uh, with those exceptions, I, I played all the other days. I really trying to win. I had not practiced that much in between national and Richmond. So for, for context, we really did not play hardly at all. And I kind of assumed that the landscape would not improve their serve receive as much as they did. So I was very surprised to show up in Richmond and find, wow, this team is really put together defensively and can receive us no problem. We also didn't hit the quality of serves that we were wanting to. So I kind of turned around and said, I'm going to have to push serve quality and hit better serves if we're going to continue winning.
0: You reiterating that was Gabe and Max you're talking about when you're talking about the quarterfinal game in Richmond, that you were surprised.
2: Yeah, I, I knew that Gabe and Max would be a good team. I didn't think that they would have as much success playing defense on us. I didn't think they would have as much success receiving us. I will say we did not bring our A game. They probably got D plus C minus double clutch, um, as opposed to assistive touch. Would probably got B plus A minus double touch or double clutch uh, in in Dallas finals. If that makes sense. So when
1: so, yeah,
2: I was when just we're, when ask we're like, showing up, we need to bring our A game. Otherwise, we're we're just not winning.
3: When you're uh, you say you're just you've played twelve out of the fourteen days. Are you literally just playing pickup? Are you doing anything specifically, or just playing?
2: I would say I think three of those days were in racquetball courts, um, mostly just serving. So I'm kind of in an awkward place, and I, I won't recommend this to an individual trying to get better. At this point, I'm I'm probably a, a top ten hitter, setter, defender, and receiver. Maybe you can you can contend a worse receiver than that. But I, if if anything, I am a weak server. So I literally went into a racquetball court and practiced my hitting and serving because that's where I felt weakest and I felt like I needed to just make sure that everything was well put together. I felt like my hitting was much better in Dallas, and my serving certainly was much better in Dallas. So it was kind of just, hey, let's find all the nasty stuff that I hit last year and make sure that we're, we've we got it on lock, and I'm not going to hit it at 20%. I'm going to hit it at 80%. So I get to swing for the good stuff instead of just ripping the push.
1: So when, when you get into the racquetball court hitting, hitting repetitively, are you going for... Are you going for repetition or is it very intentional where you give yourself a couple seconds serves and you want to hit the, like you want to kind of focus on that specific serve or yeah, between those two, what do you think, or is there a happy medium? I
2: would say for hitting, definitely just going for volume, reassessing between sets. So hitting for me is usually 20 tosses in a set and then assess how it went, make an adjustment. If I need to switch to a different drill or if I need to isolate a certain shot. Uh, that isn't working and then hitting is just or excuse me serving is just um, making sure that I'm contacting the ball the correct way I don't really care uh, if the ball is you know a clean serve or not I really just care about the contact if the contact is good we're doing a good job yeah I was kind of missing the ball in Richmond which was not a good time especially because Richmond wasn't windy
0: yeah onto that how did the wind play a role in Dallas I mean I saw a decent amount from the footage and it didn't look too much fun to play in. Did it get better as the day went on, or was it very windy throughout the whole day? I would
2: say it was probably worst in the quarterfinals, maybe semifinals, and then in game two of finals, it picked up again. So it was was 20, 25-mile-an-hour wind for the duration of that period, maybe dipping down to 15 in, in game one of the finals and game two and three of the semis. I'm kind of used to the wind. It's usually like that in, in Dallas. That that's not abnormal. But Rahul was was not used to that, and I think it threw off his serving massively. His his serve percentage was much lower than normal, and he was complaining vehemently throughout the semis and quarters that he couldn't serve. Yeah, that that was my perception. Have any I... tips
0: or thoughts when people are playing in the wind? I mean, in in honesty, I mean Richmond wasn't the calmest either. I mean, Richmond was a bit windy too, especially on the Saturday. Actually, even on the Sunday now, and I'm thinking of Cohen. So, I mean, is there things that you and Rahul implemented knowing that it was windy, either as a team or individually as yourself? Certainly, I only
2: chose serves in a smaller toss. Uh, I have cer- certain serves, like my step backs, which all have a much higher toss and a much longer toss. None of that. I, I was not using that hardly uh, unless I felt that the wind had noticeably died. Um, and then we didn't really change our setting. Our footwork is generally good enough. On hitting that that's not going to be too much of a factor we did stress a little bit more just leave it on the right hand so we were hitting from off net a little bit more which i mean if any team is okay with hitting from four feet off net on the strong hand it's definitely us i, I would say that's well within normal for us i, I, I just want I wanna, to ask a, no you go again I,
1: I, was, I was gonna say i want to backtrack just quickly and, and you mentioned uh, serving percentage and i i, I just want to clarify when you when you mentioned any sort of percentages in the game, like we 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 know that uh, round Analytics Worldwide is a thing, but uh, when it comes to like a, a common tournament where that's not that, that they're not sponsoring the stats for RAW, are you going and doing your own stats, or is you you got somebody that does it for you? Are you- I I'm doing not doing my stats. I don't have somebody doing it for me. Got I, will for that.
2: Just- <laughs> <laughs> I I will say I. My serve percentage is almost always going to be 60 to 80% with notable exceptions creeping above that. That being said, when I talk about my serving dipping and having a bad day, the serve quality is going to lack and I'm just going to choose my push and keep firing. Um, but you're not, you're not going to see a difference in the statistics on serve percentage. When I have a bad day, you're going to see, Hey, he didn't hit any cut serves. And You're going to have to go into the serve center on raw and sit there and go through, Hey, he hit one cut serve this day, as opposed to nine pushes. Well, on a good day, I probably hit six cut serves, two pushes in a reverse. If that makes sense.
0: No, for sure. Yeah. Your variety decreases, but your serve percentage still stays the same. That's totally understandable. Um, I think we could should transition. We talked about it a little bit. I think we should transition a little bit onto the final against Assistive Touch. It was the first time you guys met since the semi-final semifinal of Nationals, if I'm not mistaken. Was there something in particular that you guys had thought about before this game, knowing that, I mean, obviously you saw very early on in the tournament that it was likely that you guys could meet in the final. Was you guys mentally preparing for that matchup potentially earlier in the tournament?
2: I I will say, we we have our thoughts on like playing against them. Essentially, my mindset against assistive touch is this is a setting challenge if your setting is good enough you will beat them if your Mm -hmm. setting is not good enough you will not beat them um we sent very poorly in california and didn't have strong serve pressure and they beat us we turned around in nationals we had stronger serve pressure and we set almost immaculately i made an errant set to rahul and he made an errant set to me and both of those hits were dug and returned it's a setting conversion practice that's literally the whole Mm -hmm. thing um Going into Dallas, we kind of knew that. We were looking at this wind a little bit concerned on that. So that initially threw me. But midway through the day, my concern was entirely just, Rahul, are you going to show up for this finals? Because his quarters <laughs> and semis, he was he was not having a good time trying to find a serve.
3: I'm going to steal from one of our Q&As some people asked. And I think they asked, um, I could pull it up, but you guys remember, they specifically asked like, what do you do to help your partner when your partner's mad or kind of not doing uh, <laughs> or not
0: on their game? Yeah.
3: Not on their game. Uh, I'll pull, I'll pull it up really quickly, but I think that's like pretty, <laughs> pretty apt. Uh, it's pretty right good here. timing. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty good timing. Um, if
2: any person who gives you one answer here, you should not listen to them because they have no idea what they're talking. I, I am not going to talk to Luke Marshall the same way that I'm going to talk to Rahul. It would be catastrophic. That would not work even a little bit. Um, there's there's the Joel Graham style where everything is Joel Graham's fault. You got no touch aced. Joel Graham apologizes to you that he should have warned you that this person has a great push. Okay, so there's the Joel Graham style and then there's the Hayden Flood style. Hayden Flood sits here, looks at Dylan East in our quarters and it's just like, bro, do you want to win? Like, why did we come? <laughs> and, I, and I'm sitting here You know, it depends who I'm playing with. If I'm playing with Luke Marshall, he's going to get the Joel Graham treatment. We're going to keep his spirits high, really work with him. And if I'm playing with Rahul, it's you need to swing harder. That is weak. You have to do better, play better. Um, And it's just know your partner. It really is. If, If your partner needs you to kind of light the fire under him and say, let's get it on. Go for it. Come on, rip. I need you to play better. You have to do it. You have to give it to him as opposed to the guy who just needs a little bit more confidence, needs you to believe in him and, and, and tell him, hey, you're going to put this serve on. I know it's going to be good. Let's play our game. Let's play defense. So I, I really think that bringing the best out of your partner is is knowing your partner, knowing what he needs.
1: What do you think is yeah. the, the fastest way, if you're going and playing a mashup, what is the, the quickest way to build chemistry with a player and figure out kind of what their mindset is? And I mean, it, yeah, what, what is the what is the best way to go about that and how do you figure out how to talk to
2: that is such a hard question i mean is there i is have there, struggled
1: with yeah, that. team building exercises and in, in team sports all the time i mean do you get, do you get we like, do ice breakers actually or their mom doing... brings watermelon
3: my How mom brings orange slices <laughs> we talk on the on the way there we see if our music matches and we do a sing-along <laughs> and can't and kanto's been the the choice recently
1: and then by the time we're there we're we're buds yeah yeah, and if they, wait, wait, or wait, is Encanto a crying movie? I, I haven't seen Encanto. Uh,
3: I, I honestly, I've only, I almost saw the first half. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of songs. A lot of good and music. You just
1: have to watch the the whole spread of Disney movies with them. And if they cry to at least one of them, then you have to talk to them like a... If you Every cry during the
3: same one, then that's it. Then yes, you have chemistry. Yes, yes,
1: then you have chemistry. <laughs> Quick to rail.
3: <laughs> but so your answer is you don't have an answer. You don't really know? I mean... Yeah. I would say the six-hour car ride is
2: on the way to the tournament is a good start. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like that's that's an unanswerable question because how do you know the individual you're playing with? Like chemistry is either – like there, there are certain players where I, I played with them and immediately had great chemistry. Um, that's generally not – generally you don't walk onto a field and just have chemistry with this guy, know exactly what he wants to do and run defense
0: perfectly with him. And that's
2: what makes this game hard. That, that's what makes – Mashups, winning is a mashup, very challenging, very impressive.
0: I think that brings us a little bit onto the next topic because obviously we had a mashup win in Richmond and it's, it's interesting because we talked about, you know, will there be piracy this year? Um, obviously, you guys winning the Dallas tour stop shows that, hey, we're still here um, and shows that, you know, the old guns of last year are still performing. Does you winning in Dallas state of fact? or state or make a statement that, hey, the top teams of last year are still going to be on top and we won't see too many mashups or unfamiliar names winning tour stops? Or do you think there will be parity as the year goes on? Do you think, you, do you think one or two teams are going to be uh, winning the majority of the challenges and tour stops uh, and majors this year?
2: I will note, I don't
0: view Ravi and
2: Ryan as a mashup team. I know they are a mashup team, but those two guys have played a lot together. That's me and Garrett going to a tournament and you calling us a mashup. We know exactly what the other is doing. That is, that is a legitimate team. While they, while they are a mashup for the event, they're not unknowns. That's not me playing with Tyler and, oh, that is a mashup, because I have no clue what <laughs> Tyler is going to show up with. Um, I do think there will be a good deal of parity. I don't think the teams from last year will be bad. Um, I think that serve receive has made such a massive improvement that you will not be able to show up to an event and just serve. I I thought switch hit, it looked like switch hit was going to have an opportunity to do that. I was almost surprised that assistive touch beat them. I, I haven't seen those games yet. I do need to watch them. But it does seem that serve receive has made a big jump We'll have to see what HTR brings. My perception is there will be a lot of parity. I don't see one team dominating. And if one team were to dominate, I think it would be us. That's my how perception.
3: Much, how much is the service of improvement is thanks to the carry rule? Um, More than zero. I, that's a good answer. Because <laughs> that's really good like answer that's
0: <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more there, Frederick. Okay. Definitely more than
1: zero.
2: <laughs> um, I, I, I think that the discussion of footwork has definitely mm-hmm. improved people's footwork, and people are paying attention to this much, much more than they previously had been. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that is occurring is changing the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that the carry rule has helped on the quick fake to the left hand massively, mm-hmm. which a lot of people have struggled with. I don't think it has helped uh, the power mix the big cuts are big reverse with a right. uh, just a lot of power. I don't think carrying helps that hard. Um, I, I see footwork having improved massively to improve on that end. And then I see the carry rule helping on the ambi. So definitely on ambi guys, I see it helping a lot. I don't see it helping people very much against me. I rip the push. It hits him in the wrist. It's still my point. Um, <laughs> not many people carrying it.
3: Sure. Um, as I just got a quick thing I want to share to the side is, um, How bad is recency bias in round net? How many people think double clutch was just like washed after like one tournament and they come back. Right. And it's like, they're back. It's like, they were still there. Like, right. All of these, you know, I think a lot of stuff is recency bias. I think there's so much recency bias. I guess I'm just putting that out there. It's so funny to see how uh, quick certain things, I think one big thing uh, last year, although I could be wrong about this was like, the take on sloppy seconds, like people forgot that they won like two of the most competitive tournaments of the season. And they were like, Oh no, they were bad. Cause they had like a whole thing. Like even watch their, their nationals finals lost, lost to naughty. It wasn't even that bad. It was just a whole mess. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to put that out there that it's so funny to me. And like Frederick, I know we talked about similar things, but like, I know you obviously wanted to improve that result, but there are also so many people that probably just like that seem to think just oh oh they're uh, they're bad now.
1: <laughs> well, I when think, you lose glitch I, in pool <laughs> <laughs> to glitch and pull play.
3: Twenty one seventeen
1: versus Mike White. I had to. Oh my god. I think we're
2: I think we're spoiled by Chiswick Showalter <laughs> and Chico. Wow. Yeah, Chiswick Showalter mm-hmm. putting in staggeringly dominant seasons year after year. Chizik- mm-hmm. uh, Chico as well. Um, I'm going to make kind of probably a cold take. The Dodgers are going to lose a game by 10 this year (laughs) and make the playoffs. Um, Yeah,
0: that means nothing to me, but sounds interesting.
2: (laughs) All right, I'll I'll say it in your language. Uh, United is going to lose a match by five and still finish top five in the Premier League. So
0: Man United that's a given. I mean that's a poor example. <laughs> but- <laughs> that doesn't relate
3: whatsoever but thanks. Thanks. Okay. But I, I appreciate saying, the effort. I know you're saying, right? The number one in bowling, team like in, the, in hockey. The Bruins just beat beat handily the number one team in the league last night, right? And, like yeah.
2: And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a a sport begin to saturate at the top. Even even good. like Warriors in their prime. We're, we're dropping a game here and there. The sport is largely saturated, and there are other teams out there that can have a day. I would be shocked if Switch Hit does not win a challenge. You have two servers on this team that can just take over a game and decide this is the one that I'm going to win, and good luck. That is hard to beat. You have to think one of these days they go through the whole event and find for two of three games that one of them is going to be on, and
1: that's all they need or both which is even scarier yeah and, and the fact that so wait you guys didn't end up even playing switch hit because they played assistive correct i i played them in pool play um, okay
2: it was a great time we opened the game i think 4-1 took a 10-6 lead and we're suddenly losing 14-10 to
1: yeah i was gonna ask how you <laughs> felt about that and, and what was there anything in particular about switch hit that stunned you i, I mean yeah it felt not good switch. yeah i yeah Um,
2: (laughs) definitely not good. I I think I'm going to watch that game probably 10 times. I'll be honest. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to, I I personally need to work to get better playing against Thomas. I have a few discussions with Dan coming up regarding this. Um, he's been talking heavily about working core and uh, working stability muscles to help on that end. So I'm going to
1: back and forth. That you're talking yeah, about? yeah. Because Thomas is the he's outstanding Amdexter server. Being able to switch and pivot and go from left to right based on his little glitchy style is tough. But find well, as
0: quickly as he can do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say, Fred, if if you end up if you end up coming to a solution, please loop me on on that because I'm out in the Midwest, and if this guy if he aces me <laughs> more than twenty times the rest of the season, and that's possible, I'm gonna be a very sad camper. So uh yeah, keep me keep me. Looping. I just
0: wish there would be one day where. You said you was 14-10 down and this team came out of nowhere, and if they're on, they're just gonna win this tournament. I'd love to one day that be the exact same argument, but it'd be down to a complete performance, not just based on one skill in serving. serving. (laughs) How amazing would it be to be like, wow, these guys just were defending for their lives today, or these guys just did not miss a hit, or these guys just set butter the whole day, like an absolute complete performance, not based on you know, just solely one. Massive skill, which again uh, you could argue to win now in such a saturated round net environment, you do need to have a great balance of all these skills. But still, still serving is the huge, huge factor and dominating factor within these categories.
1: Scott's waiting for the day that he he picks up his son Paul from round net practice, or no round net round net his round net tournament or game, and goes, "Paul, did you win?" He goes, "No, we didn't win. The other team just had such better conditioning." They just were, nice. despite skill. They they just they, they ran. The are doing conditions so they're much doing, more than us. Yeah.
0: They just
3: yeah. ran us off the court.
0: They just yeah. ran us off
1: the
3: court. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were up five nothing until six minutes left, and we were gassed and they just kept going. <laughs> scored seven yeah. straight.
1: Yep. He couldn't even serve. He anyway. didn't even put a serve on. He just kept running wow. around. That being said, there are some questions that we have to ask, so I think now is a great time to go ahead and start with, Fred, we all know that you like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. One of our listeners would like to know, what is the best Cinnamon Toast Crunch item? I know they're all 10 out of 10, but if you had to pick one.
2: (laughs) The remix, hands down. Um, What an unbelievable product. Um, The new Cinnamon Toast Crunch remix that they've come out with is by far the best product I've reviewed. I... I mean, honestly, I'm blown away by just how good that is. Every single time I go to a gas station, I look for it. Yeah.
1: Cinematos. Perfect. No hesitation. All right. And then, so another listener asks, and we know that you're single because of how much you travel. Do you, do you include your round at title national champion in your Tinder bio?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Sheesh, hope mom and dad aren't listening. No, I do not have <laughs> national champ in my Tinder bio. Do you think it would help?
1: I still got I I don't think so. Maybe it would. Who knows? Maybe it class- <laughs> would it be worse. Maybe that's what I need. <laughs> hey, it it might it might have some looks with that. We we could see. You, you take some stats on it and let us know. I I'd be, I'd be curious to hear. Yeah, I'll make two um,
2: separate accounts identical.
1: Yeah, yeah. And one 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 has just national t- national champion. Uh, national round net champion. Okay, so another one is asking about, talking about the the Hammond replay situation. We already discussed that. Next one is, what's your opinion about the rule requiring confirmation before the receiver being able to serve? Um, So I'm I'm on the USAR rules committee. And when I walked away from the meeting that
2: night, having not tested it, I mean, not tried it, I said, we have objectively made the game better. Um, And after having played with it a few times, I agree with that. I think that my first impression was the right impression, and I'm a huge fan of it. Uh, The the kind of cadence where the server announces the score and sets his feet gives me a moment to sit there and see this is where his feet are set up. Okay, I think I know about where he's going to step here, so I know where I want to set up my feet, so I set up. I look at him. I tell him the score. He knows that I'm ready. I know that he's ready. He calls service, and we begin the point. I love it. And there's no way for him to obscure when five seconds began. There's no way for him to say, I wasn't ready as a receiver. There's no way for him to say, I couldn't tell if you were, no,
3: none of that rubbish. Let's serve. I also, uh, in my opinion, love the rule. I'm also one who definitely zones out. during. We talked about this before. Zones out, so people serve it, and I say I wasn't ready. Keep keeping <laughs> people attentive and
1: knowing that everyone's ready. Super important.
0: Well, that's my best excuse right now, so I'm, I'm not a big fan of
1: this rule. <laughs> yeah, we should. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I happen to think that since Fred's on the rules committee, that that's, isn't that technically cheating? You make the rules. You're winning. No, I'm just playing. Anyways. Um, <laughs> you could say the, that. We can, we can, we can dual up these two questions. So one of them asks, uh, uh, aside from when you're playing 12 times a week, uh, in, in, or in two weeks. Um, how often do you train? And then what are your routine, your training routines apart from pickup?
2: Uh, man, I will say I have never played as little as I have in the past six months. I will say prior to getting a job, I probably played about 15 hours a week, not including tournaments. And I probably watched film 10 hours a week. May, at the beginning, probably more like 20. Um, and then I lift three to four days a week, try to go through a standard push-pull legs, as I feel like most people do, and that's that's about it. I don't really play as much rounded as I would like these days. Uh, obviously, the past two weeks, I kind of put it in and made sure to, and I, I may be playing a little bit more in the upcoming months. I have shin splints right now, so I'm kind of hesitant to play quite as much.
0: Here's possibly. a th- uh, thought built off that. How, mm, not scary is the right word, but look, you just put in 12 days of work for this Dallas tournament. You obviously saw the improvement. What would a Frederick Kinkle look like given you could dedicate the whole year to playing around that and it was your full-time job?
2: Um, frankly, the, the, the thought process here is that, so, so over time, you, you accrue skill, right? Over a few days, you are not going to make that big of a jump. Now, this is, this is the culmination of four prior years of me playing at the clip that I've just described, which is uh, not a full-time job, but darn close, probably 25, 30 hours, certainly a part-time job. Um, and I'm not losing that like macro greater gross skills. Like Those gross skills are still in there. If I don't practice them, they aren't as crisp, they aren't as refined. So for me, my 12 days of, hey, I'm struggling as a player. My game isn't where I want it to be. Let's get back up to speed is way more effective than a normal player's tool. That these are not the same. So for me to get my local reps in, as I call them, that's just what I require if I'm going to have a a great performance. I think about accruing skill in terms of gross reps and then revitalizing skill in, in preparation for an event in local rep.
1: Right. You can't. You can't fine-tune what you don't already have exactly in terms of gross and and, fi- and wait gross and local um so uh ongoing with these we want we have a couple that are quick fire so rank tallest the shortest fred raul and sunny goo <laughs> 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 uh,
2: obviously sunny goo the ultimate short king has to be the, the shortest uh then rahul and
3: then myself all right when is fred going to get a left hand that was a. It sounds like a joke, but I also would like you to answer it seriously on your take <laughs> on off hands. Uh, if you're a player
2: that legitimately wants to compete at the highest level in round knit please grind your left hand. That being said, I went to pick up about this time last year when they had announced the no hit zone and was practicing with a freshman at A and he asked me, "Do you want to practice your lefty hitting now?" And I said. If I play with anybody bad enough to set my left hand, it will be a mistake. So uh, I will not be getting a left hand. Uh, it's so much work. Uh, you definitely
3: should have one, but I don't, and I, I'm not going to. Are you trying I to be like Tyler Chiswick and uh, Peter John Showalter before you? I That was not the motivation, <laughs> but I'll take it. That's, if they didn't that's have a the, left hand, yeah. why do I need it?
2: That's, Sure sure (laughs) get a left hand it'll make your life way easier
1: yeah (laughs) yep if you're starting out work both work both it pays off all right so someone else asked what is double clutch doing to build their brand online any sponsorship tiers coming out question mark we we have enlisted help from uh, an outside
2: consultant on this one i am incompetent here i do a (laughs) terrible job Uh, hopefully we get some good quality content coming out and some sponsors I put all this on Rahul. This is
1: Rahul's job. (laughs) So this one's fun. Uh, This one says, why do you serve like you do? I haven't seen anyone serve like that. And I think they might be speaking in particular the way that you kind of gyrate prior to. I asked him the same question a few weeks ago.
2: Yeah. So this is actually not arbitrary. Um, It may look that way, but the the reason that I'm doing that is I'm shifting the weight onto my back back foot. um, And then shifting the weight onto my front foot and I'm doing it twice because I move onto the front foot. Okay. And then I time it onto the back foot, fire the back uh, leg. So I'm pushing as hard as I can on the back leg, which then pushes me again forward, push as hard as I can with the left foot. And now I'm tossing the ball and swinging through, turning my hips, turn the shoulders. Um, That's the reason for the gyration. And I, I do it twice because once is to get the cadence and now I'm on the second one and here we go.
1: Perfect. So I don't uh, sorry okay.
2: why don't more people serve like that do you think Um I would say different goals most people are not most people's mindset is not I'm going to hit the ball through the receiver um and if it is if that is their mindset they haven't followed that mindset as far as I have down the path and if you continue following it I believe you will get there uh, or you'll have a crazy step back one of those two Do
1: you think there are any players that have replicated it with different styles of serving is there anyone that you look to and say okay they they hit the ball almost as hard as i do serving tailed
2: cummings he hits it harder than i do he also has a much bigger more powerful frame and he runs the crazy step back yes
1: okay this next one asks about how do you train your footwork i i want to i want to consolidate to this too or maybe just defensive
2: i do a poor job here i don't train my footwork as much as i should dan abrams definitely is the one to ask here, I know he does ladder drills multiple days a week. That is the way to go. That's how you should do it. Josh Giacomo doing the same. Uh, I'm actually speaking with Josh. He's putting together a set of drills that he's doing consistently to kind of get better at this. And I, I intend to kind of steal those from him
1: because right now I don't do enough, and I think it hurts me. Fair. Um, so this next one is, what do you talk about between games in a series? What do you look for?
2: Largely, it depends. Um between the two of us, we, we can all, we can both reverse. We can both cut, we can both drop. So there's a lot of just looking for the hole. So I'm attacking the holes. He's attacking the holes. we and I I, um, if we find a hole, we'll discuss that in between, and then we'll discuss how best to go about exploiting it. Um. We'll we'll talk about defensive rotations if it's a close game. If it's not a close game, we'll
1: probably talk about where we're (laughs) going to go. Speaking (laughs) about dinner, we'll talk a little bit more about your obsession with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. The question is literally, why do you like it? It's Uh, overrated.
0: Just for context, for
2: those that don't know,
0: just for context, for those that are thinking, (laughs) what are we talking about on this Roundnet podcast? Frederick is very much known for putting up, for, for, as he said earlier, being uh, not too big on the social media game, but when it comes to um when it comes to cinnamon, what is it called? Cinnamon toast crunch. crunch, yeah. CTC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then <laughs> he's all over Instagram doing his reviews. So if you haven't seen those, well, yeah, on Frederick's Instagram you'll see them, I'm sure, once in a while, once every two weeks probably, and you won't see anything else. Just that, just so you context for everyone. No
2: round net, Justin Mintos Crunch. Yeah, yeah, Josh Kaplan and Salmon Berry. Uh, revitalized my love of it when i went on their podcast they would always joke um what is your favorite cereal there is
1: a correct answer and the correct answer is of course in the test ground. i love it and by the way i've watched many of them and uh wait do you actually have like a story that has all of them sequentially that's for who is job yeah right and and, <laughs> and i think it'd be a great idea to try and go and push for a sponsorship from a toast. double clutch if double anybody clutching. knows two CDC.
2: i'll take a ctc exact let me know. Hit me up.
1: <laughs> They're listening.
0: On another uh, note, I have uh, two questions uh, that were not on the uh, story, but that was uh, put in by a viewer. And um, you might guess the viewer, but I'm going to ask them, and then you can find out after. He says, uh, what are two of your rules for out-of-state spikeball tournaments? Ah, uh,
2: yes. <laughs> I don't know who asked this yet. i maybe you rules... give it away after. The two rules for an out-of-state tournament are rule number one: everything that you've taken with you goes with you everywhere you go. Rule number two: get to the airport an hour before takeoff.
0: Okay, there you go. And have those at, uh, at least at least an hour. Before. Have <laughs> those exactly an hour.
3: <laughs> have those rules always existed, or have there been stories and experiences that led to those rules?
2: Um, I think I made that rule in <laughs> oh a long time ago, Atlanta, 2018. I made that rule, I think. Um. Nothing bad happened to me, but I, I realized when somebody else had some horrible experience, I was like, oh, I'm never making that mistake again. Everybody started talking about, I need to go back to the person's house to get my stuff. And I was like, I've got my backpack. I'm good. I don't have to worry about that. New there, rule. Is,
3: there is nothing funnier than people showing up to the field with like their luggage bag. It just looks so out of place, but it's so funny. I mean, keep doing it. You got to do it, but it's so funny.
1: <laughs> you never know
3: where you're going to sleep that night. Oh.
0: Oh. And to to the second question, which may give it away, who this person is. Um, the question is, what did your schedule look like in your early days around now?
2: Um, so this is this is kind of a joke. Um, my, we'll start. So at the, I think it was my my second semester of college is the, the semester that we kind of went all in uh, freshman year. And I would get out. So we would have round there practice on Friday. I would get out of class at five o'clock and I would walk to the rec, uh, about a mile and a half walk. And I would get there at 5.30 for eight o'clock practice. And I would find that Rich, uh, Rich, Grant, and Dylan would already be there practicing. And we would practice until midnight. That's a six and a half hour practice. Followed up, go to Whataburger. And one of the guys in our spikeball club was my physics tutor, or excuse me, my chemistry tutor. He would go home with me and we would do my chemistry post lab from the week before, then my chemistry pre-lab for that morning, pull an all-nighter, go to the chemistry pre-lab or chemistry lab that morning, go to calculus after that, take a nap, play pickup from 2 to 8 p.m. that day, go to bed, either go to a tournament on Saturday or play pickup from 10 to 4.
3: Because that's all you have to do to become a national champion, it's that that's simple. It. There you it's go, that simple. You're welcome. That's all you need to do.
1: Write it, it down.
2: Was, <laughs> it was so much fun. Oh my gosh! It Can you guess who it was
1: from? So now? much fun. I'm missing, and I wasn't there. I'm gonna guess it's from
2: Rahul, but I'm not confident.
0: You are, you're correct.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was so much fun, and I really can't say how much fun that was to do with guys like David Louis, um, with Rahul. Uh, i mean I, honestly at that time i didn't even know
3: Rahul. i hadn't met him yet yeah. uh, find yeah. out on uh, next week's episode of uh round legends <laughs> <laughs>
0: drop in little were <laughs> for mics around that podcast there but um, no seriously people should check that out on lefty on Tune, um, right on spotify don't do
3: those will be out very soon i got them already now we talked like three months ago but they're ready now um uh, and for you guys that are listening at home, because you can't watch this, you guys need to know that every question that's asked, Frederick just smiles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Throws his head back in uh, or uh, Yeah.
3: Yeah. That was a great time. Um, I said, that's such a different, I'm so jealous of your experience. I feel like mine, my, my experience at college was every day, just texting my group chat, hoping to find four people <laughs> to play. <laughs> no, that was, that was the first semester. I told you the story of the
2: second semester. It was very, very different. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that is all for this week's episode of that roundnet podcast if you enjoyed the podcast or even if you didn't feel free to leave us a review on whichever platform you're listening to this on and if you want to see more of frederick's cinnamon toast crunch reviews check out his instagram at frederickink98 and if you want to see more of his roundnet stuff feel free to check out double clutch on instagram at double clutch underscore roundnet and if you couldn't tell by the title, we may be having Frederick back on the podcast again in one of our next few episodes. And with all that said, see you all next week.